Welcome to another episode of the Spiritual Awakening Show. Today, we've got a very special guest here to help us all finding our passion, our purpose, and living it. Welcome, Amrit Sandhu. It's a pleasure to have you here. Brent, brother, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Like I said to you before, it's, yeah, I feel very honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me here today. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm really happy to return the favor. Of course, I was on your podcast, the Inspired Evolution podcast, and I'm just really impressed with what you've got going on there. And as we got to talking, I learned, of course, that, you know, throughout your journey, um, the work that you're doing, it's focused around leadership, conscious career coaching, helping people to find their purpose, to live their purpose, move past some of the blocks, um, you know, maybe unworthiness, maybe scarcity mindsets. Uh, and I thought this is perfect for my audience because so many people go through spiritual awakening. Of course, they become awake, they become aware to uh, limitations. And they say, I don't, these limitations aren't necessarily real or they're mm -hmm. outdated or they're, they've been conditioned by culture, by family, by the school system. And I'm awake and I don't need to live by these conditions anymore. I can, you know, live a really fulfilling life. In other words, I don't need to work a job or, uh, you know, hold back my gifts. That's great. But then the big question is, well, well, how do I live my passion, and my purpose? And mm -hmm. so, of course, Emirates here. He's got tons of experience with this. He's living it himself, as well as, you know, got uh, many clients that he's supported in this area, all from a conscious place, all from a, a place of, you know, acknowledging the path of awakening as well. So I'll, I'll read a quote that was on your website here. And I think it was just really brilliant. It's a great life is no accident. It's built on purpose. So this, uh, I think, will set the tone of our conversation today. Emirates, a public speaker. He's, the, like I said, the host of the Inspired Evolution podcast, uh, featuring many well-known, fascinating thought leaders, a lot of brilliant minds. My favorite spiritual teacher was featured on the on the podcast with Emirate Matt Kahn. So uh, there's many other great people uh, that are doing some great work in the space that Emirates had the chance to connect with. Um, so today we'll we'll talk a little bit about, you know, how to find and live your purpose. We'll talk about, you know, Amber's journey, how, how he came to this point after going through his own awakening journey. Um, before we get to that, I'll just uh, drop your website here. It's amrit.coach. Absolutely brilliant URL. I love it. Amrit.coach. Uh, I must say absolutely beautiful website too. Probably one of the best websites I've seen in a very, very long time. Just really well done. And so that gives you a sense of Amrit's vision. And I'm sure in your coaching and your support for other people, I'm sure you've got a thing or two to share with them about branding because uh, that's also seems to be uh, one of your strong points. So without further ado, Emmert, tell us a little bit about, you know, your spiritual journey, your spiritual journey of awakening and how does that blend in and bleed into this whole, you know, discovering your purpose and passion and then wanting to share with others for how they can, you know, live in alignment in that way. Yeah, well, thank you so much. So I guess uh, the spiritual journey, I was, uh, for better or worse, um, you know, uh, born into an Indian family with a Sikh background and heritage. And I consider myself, Touchwood, very fortunate for having been so. Um, so spirituality was something that was very present and alive in the Indian culture. It's just something that is, um, especially the way I was raised, it was at the forefront of pretty much most of like there was definitely in 3d reality that we were living but then also this whole element around god spirituality um and you know it was just a big part of 
just the way I was raised and even the way I went to school. It was a Christian school that I went to, um, but very accepting of other other faiths. And, you know, it was it was a great sort of opportunity to, yeah, be exposed to Sikhism at home, Christianity at school and just, you know, and I think the blessing for me with Sikhism was um, or is that it's not some religions espouse that ours is the path and yours isn't, you know, whereas with Sikhism, it's a bit more open. It's like everybody's got their path. This just happens to be ours. And that made it a little bit easier to sort of reconcile that, you know, like this is what's going on here. This is what's going on here. And my path isn't easier or harder. It just, I've got a different path. And also as I've gotten older, my mum was actually Hindu. So there was Hinduism, Sikhism, you know, Christianity, all this sort of rattling around. So a lot of, um, a lot of faith. Um, but, at some point, I remember around uh, early teens, I got the opportunity to sort of choose um, a faith. I don't know why it was just this like thing that was present for me, and I sort of chose Sikhism. It was like because it was it was a bit hard reconciling all of it. And when I chose Sikhism, I remember why because the name of the faith Sikh means to learn. Um, our name for God is Wahiguru, which is Wow, my teacher. And a blade of grass can teach you. I can learn from you, Brent. Um, there's God in everything, you know, um, there's spirit in anything, there's consciousness in everything. Um, so that was a really easy sort of place for me to sort of embed my spirituality. And uh, throughout this journey, my dad has been quite a quite a spiritual presence, touch wood, in my life. I've been very fortunate to have uh, what I believe a bit of a sage for a father. Um, and so that was really really helpful, um, really inspired me into my journey with fatherhood. I've got two kids um, now, two sons. And uh, yeah, just watching my dad, like I was like four or five and my dad's like, why are you here? And I was like, well, this is our home. This is where we live. And he's like, why are you here? <laughs> and I was like, just his courage, not be uh, like afraid to ask, you know, a young person like tough questions, you know, and really set my gears spinning. Um, so I think a lot of that was developed also through his cultivation and and nurturing. So I definitely have to pay, um, my respects and give my thanks to him as well. So there was even a period when I started becoming about 17, 18, I remember I became, um, agnostic, uh, or even like, you know, a little bit where I was like, I don't even believe, um, in God anymore. I don't think and touch wood fair. And I remember watching, I communicated that to him for two, three years. I was in that space. And I remember afterwards when i had come back to faith and believing in god i said wasn't that a really tough time for you for someone that believes so deeply um in faith and in god like to have someone child like your own child just be like hey nah like i don't believe in god and you know just is very richard dawkins <laughs> we look at the world and um and he was like no not at all actually and i was like really reconcile that for me and he said look really you were just questioning and that's all I can ever ask from you from a place of being a Sikh, which is being a learner. You, if you don't question, you don't learn, right? So again, that just sort of pays homage to the Sikh faith and just the tenets that are there, which seem to be, um, yeah, just, they, don't, they don't stick you into a place, if I can sort of put it that way. They help you kind of flow with life with a little bit more ease. So that's spirituality and faith in my background. Uh, my dad was meditating every morning. Um, I just sit him sitting in the sun for about an hour. So that was really cool. And I, I never really connected to it. Um, and I bring that up because for six years, I struggled with depression. I didn't realize I had depression until I basically, yeah, my whole life fell apart. Um, and we can go further into that or, you know, need to, but um, yeah, my whole life fell apart. I was working three jobs, I was at university, had a girlfriend, I had all my friendship circles and everything. And it just, or from the outside looking in, it all looked perfect. 
but from the inside out was completely corroded <laughs> touch wood um i can laugh about it now but back then it was a really dire situation but also on some hand the nature of depression is really interesting because i felt like everybody was living life this way you know you think everybody is 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 carrying themselves that way and it's it's they're really not um and it wasn't until people started actually looking through to the corroded bits that they were like dude something's not okay for you and i was like oh and i went through this existential crisis of like trying to keep the facade up and i was like no no no, it actually is corroded and it's like okay then i went and got therapy um when i saw a psychologist by some grace of god the psychologist gave me um antidepressants but the the doctor gave me uh, mindfulness breathing exercise um I took my first antidepressant it was amazing and then I crashed after and I was like, whoa, I don't want to live life on the roller coaster. And then I had a moment where I dropped into mindfulness and there's life before that moment and there's life after that moment basically is the way I would describe it. Um, just palpably feeling the felt sense of like coming back into my body and just walls that were closing in, breathing themselves back out as I went through this breathing exercise. I was like, what the, my breath? Um which was quite ironic because as a young adolescent male, someone tells you, oh yeah, here's a breathing exercise to help you deal with depression. You kind of, I remember the doctor giving it to me and I was like, are you, pardon my French, are you fucking serious? Like breathe, like obviously I'm sitting right opposite, I've been breathing, you know, like is this real? And then you actually practice mindfulness and breathing. And you're like, oh, well, this is, you know, we do something completely unconsciously to some level. And then if you can bring yourself consciously to your breath, it's like a, it's night and day, literally. Um, so lots of respect and gratitude to her. And so that gave birth to me as this meditation teacher, because when something gives you so much, you just feel compelled to want to share. Like, you know, I'm so inspired by your work, Brent, as well, you know, like in so much, you know, you can just sort of see you're sharing from an overflowing cup. And that was my situation with meditation. It When I share this from stage, I say it reconstituted my life, right? Um, you know, when you have a little bit of that powder at the bottom of the juice and it's like reconstituted juice, it's like you're back up to two liters, like what? Um, so yeah, it literally reconstituted my life. And then you would think that going on from there, like I'd had my big dark night of the soul, had this massive challenge and worked my way through it. Um, I ended up in this place where fast forward a little bit um, through the meditation practice, maybe I'll add a little bit of context. When I realized that everything was falling apart, um, the big thing was I got asked to leave the university I was in. I lost a couple of jobs and I was like, what is going on here? Like I'm usually quite competent at things that I'm doing. And so I asked to leave university, all this sort of stuff. And then I went to the psychologist, got some help. And when I got meditation, mindfulness, and then when I finally went back to university, I graduated, you know, really well at university touch. And I don't say this to toot my own horn, but I remember when they were giving out the awards for the best student at university, basically. Um, yeah, they said, why should we give you this award? And I said, because I'd use it to just communicate to people just how night and day it is when you have positive mental health and when you have negative mental health and you know and it was if this guy got asked to leave like get kicked out of university versus the same guy graduates top of not just like his engineering cohort but like the entire university it's a pretty big ode to what mental health like you know is and they're like, yep. And so I got gifted this, I'll say gifted, I think gifted this award by the universe because it was like, this was, I was meant to be sharing just the importance of positive mental health. And so you'd think going like having meditation is positive mental health trajectory, graduating like top of the university, I got the dream job. 
And I was in the dream job and I did it for seven years and it was, it was not the right job for me. It was, I was in the wrong place, even though everything had culminated to that point. What type of job was that? Uh, so management in construction, so construction management. Um, so basically helping building high rise towers here in, here in Melbourne, um, for a multinational organization, um, great organization. Um, yeah, just, you know, I was, I remember being there the first day and, you know, working with my boss and kind of looking at him and just going, this guy doesn't have the same, but like a lot of the stuff that I had to reconcile through my depression, this guy kind of actually carries. And so it's like, do I really want to be in an organization spearheaded by that, you know, when I've had to like navigate all this sort of stuff, touch wood. So that was hard to reconcile, but I sort of went along with the ambition that, you know, we were going to be the change that we want to see in the world, in the organization. So I spent seven years there and eventually it was just, and, I, and I'm very conscious of, you know, the weight that words carry. Um, I guess that's just a little bit of background with all the NLP sort of stuff. And it, um, yeah, just, I don't want to use the word soul sucking, but it literally is how it felt. It's literally how it felt rocking up to work consistently, doing something that was completely out of alignment. Um, and now I can describe that, you know, effortlessly having worked with, you know, 300 plus people one-on-one having done, you know, thousands and thousands of thousands of speaking engagements on this. Um, yeah, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to discern how to align and how not to align. But at the time I didn't have any language around it. It was just, it literally felt like I was, you were rubbing the cat, but it felt like the soul was being rubbed the wrong way. Like it was very painful. Um, and that eventually gave birth to the inspired evolution podcast. I saw people such as yourself, you know, all these incredible thought leaders, spiritual teachers, authors, entrepreneurs, creative social entrepreneurs, people that were living life on their own terms, having an impact in a direction that they were most inspired and passionate about to make an impact on. And they were making that their living. And I was like, like, I'm not like, I'm not the sharpest tool in the tool shed. Like I'm somewhat like intelligent, but I'm not, you know, like I should be able to figure this out, touch wood to some degree. Um, but yeah, society in the lanes that it puts us in, you know, is a whole thing. And so I just found it really difficult to put myself out of what I call white picket fence lane. You know, it's like, get a good, get good grades, get a good degree, get a good job, build a nice house with a nice family. Then you retire and finally live your life, you know, as this, I call it white picket fence lane. Um, and you know, my biggest fear was like, what's going on out here? Um, and so that basically came to a head with the inspired evolution podcast when I was like, this is not working. I'm going to start interviewing people for the podcast to sort of see how I was inspired by these people when I was ready to evolve. That's the name. And so that gave birth to the inspired evolution. I was like, I'm going to interview these people weekly and sort of see how they roll. And as the engineer in me, that was my qualification. Um, I was like, I'm just going to do what China does to Germany's machines, like Germany, like the Brents of the world are these German machines, well-oiled, all figured out. And uh, I, I, as China will basically just, you know, take them apart in the podcast and then put, put them back together and maybe it'll be cheap and nasty, but you know, nonetheless, I will have built something um, of note that will, you know, ultimately perform the function of the original machine. And, you know, that was seven years ago now. Um, and so that has then given way to, you know, everything in touch with myself as a podcaster and, you know, a coach and a public speaker, um, which I still pinch myself every day that this is possible, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I like to say this and I'll just end on this is that like, yeah, I'm not any more special than anybody else, to be honest. Like I have to, I have to qualify. Like I often consider myself the dead weight. Um, and I think it helps because it's like, if I can figure this out, like you can figure this out, you know? Um, and I think it's, yeah, I just share that because 
sometimes people have this thing now that I've got a bit of an online profile and presence is this like pedestaling that I see that happens and it's like, no, 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 quit that. Like, it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, a very fascinating story. And I think if we extract the general themes there, it applies almost universally to many people going through this spiritual awakening journey in, in the modern world. Um, I can, you know, map my journey very closely onto yours um, down to, you know, finding meditation during a period of depression. And I mean, that changed the tra trajectory of my entire life. Um, so speaking to those now that are, you know, going through an awakening and they're looking around at their life and they're at the point where you kind of, you know, when you looked at your boss and you're like, I don't really fit in here. This is not really operating in alignment with what I've awakened to with, with my core values, my core mission and purpose. You know, there's many people that maybe have not yet had the start an inspired evolution podcast idea come to them yet. How do they make the next step given the shifts and the truths that they've awakened to what's next for them? How do they find their calling? Yeah. So Ultimately, what you're describing, and this is, I'm just going to put some language around it in my best way possible. I'm sure everybody has, well, because I've podcasted so many people, everybody has different terms. But let's just for the sake of keeping it easy, call it personality and you can call it spirit or you can call it soul. Um, some people call it ego and spirit, some people call it ego and soul. But let's just say you've got your personality, which is your 3D meat suit, space suit. It's your persona that you're here to have. Um, and then you've got your spirit right? Um, oftentimes what we find or I have found through my coaching is a lot of existential angst. And, you know, this is true in a lot of the work that I've witnessed of yours as well. People are stuck and they're really challenged, but also that's somehow divine, like spirits kind of trying to crack you to get you back into realignment. So there's a whole conversation there. But then one of the challenges we have is aligning your spirit to your persona, right? And it's been really interesting because for the longest time, like my work has been dedicated towards helping people come into alignment from their persona so they can allow more spirit to flow into their life. The way I look at your work, it's like, you know, the conversation we're having right now is like people are aligned to spirit, but they're also like struggling with the persona and trying to bring that back into alignment. So it's been a real fascinating conversation that we had on our podcast as well. And it's really opened me up to a lot of things. And I'm, having looked at it, there are people that I've worked with in that space. I just never really saw it as clearly as I do now in the conversations you and I are having. But ultimately we come back to the same conversations. How do I align my spirit, my soul to the persona that I have so that I can show up with the greatest ease, the greatest flow the, the Ted talk I've coined is called meta flow because it's meta, it's bigger than you and it's flow. How do you get that flow going through your life? Ultimately your persona, your personality, the easiest place to start. And I genuinely believe your values are sacred. Um, the, and I, when I, go through my coaching, I literally describe them as the pillars of the temple of your person, of your persona, right? They are the pillars of the temple that is you. Now I'm Indian, so I'm going to make this joke. It's completely inappropriate, but um, my body is a temple. <laughs> so your being is a temple and the temple's pillars are your values. And so my values, let's just use me as an example here, are connection, contribution, and celebration. So I'm here to connect, I'm here to contribute, I'm here to celebrate, right? Now let's quickly do an audit, just go back to construction management. It's like, do I get the opportunity to connect? ba -bow. Do I really get the opportunity to contribute? Somewhat, like I'm building homes for people that are immigrant families. I come from an immigrant family that are moving into, you know, high-rise towers. These people are looking for affordable housing. It kind of works, even though it's like 40, 50-story tower buildings. 
Um, it kind of works. So maybe half of a value. It's not really the contribution I want to have. Like you look at the inspired evolution, everything I'm doing now, that's kind of the contribution touch what I want to have. But there was some contribution. Is there any celebration, my third value? No. So I was meeting maybe half to one of my values. And all of that to say, that construction management gig is an epic gig for someone whose values are aligned to that. It just wasn't epic for me, right? So I was out of alignment, you know, which is why alignment is one of my favorite words. So from there, you have a look and it's like, okay, what do I do now? It's like connection, contribution, celebration, touch wood. I've got coaching, connect, yes, contribute, yes, celebrate, yes, hopefully you leave life richer and fuller from it. Podcasting, connect, yes, contribute, yes, celebrate, yes. You've got public speaking, connect, contribute. So it shows up in everything right? Touch wood. Now that has taken a little bit of engineering to, to create, but the first place is to get aware of what your values are in able to, in, in order to be able to understand, oh, this is really what I'm about. So back to the pillars of the temple, those are the pillars of your temple. And then the energy of life, the spirit, we call it spirit, life force energy flows through your being through that temple. The energy is kept flowing through the temple every day. If you're clear on what your pillars are, it makes everything so much easier, like decision-making. If someone goes, oh, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? Does it line up to my values? No, it doesn't. That opportunity is not for me. Arguments. Someone's arguing from a particular point and you're like, oh, well, I missed a connection and your values are different. You're right. I'm right. We're right from different perspectives. And that's just my persona, right? Spiritually, we're super connected because you're my friend, but we're going to see things differently. And that's totally fine. That That's what makes life beautiful. So you know, conflict resolution, big life decisions, small life decisions, like all sorts of stuff it helps with. Um, and then ultimately your purpose, because the values that you hold are also the value that your personality brings to the world, right? It's what people value from you. It's they're called your values. It's what you value. And also it's what other people in, in, innately value from you. And then it becomes really slippery because they don't it's not just just like coming from one side, they're coming from both sides, if that makes sense. It's like other people's value in you, your value to the world, and where does that begin and where does that end? And that's where I end up going, there's something sacred going on here. Like it's beautiful, um, touch wood. And so that's the place where I come from, getting in touch with your values as being the first cornerstone place. If you don't mind me sharing, like amrit.coach forward slash values. Um, if people do that exercise, there's a 20 minute exercise there. You'll be as clear as I am on your values, um, as I am on mine in 20 minutes. Like it's literally how long it takes to run yourself through the masterclass. Um, and it's there for you at amrit.coach forward slash values. Great. Fascinating. Yeah. I think this gives, uh, everybody a chance to find the bridge between so much potential, don't know where to put it. Well, find the values, figure that out. And then like you're saying, then it can flow through because I think a lot of people that I connect with you know, they go through an awakening, life falls apart, they heal, they transform. And now they're, like I said, just a lot of potential, a lot of open space. Mm. They don't know what to do. And so what they're seeking is somebody to tell them, Hey, you should do, you should build this specific empire and here's the business plan and here's the budget and here's the timeline. And it's like, they want everything handed to them like that. Um, which of course would be nice. I was the same way, you know, when you're, if you've got so much potential, you're like, what do I do with all of this? Well, mm. I think it's great to consider, well, what are your values? Now your values, uh, connection, celebration, contribution, was those values that you noticed even earlier on in your life? Or was these, were these values, do they change? Are they kind of fixed? The reason I'm asking is because 
when I look back at my life, I was destined to do this work. As a child, I was preparing to do this work. I'm wondering, were you preparing to celebrate, contribute, and um, um, I forgot the connect. last word, man. Yeah, connect. connect. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, it's a great question. And so, yes, um, I would say so. The the indicator that you've done your core values, like because you've got your values and you've got your core values. The indicator that your core values, you've done the exercise well, in my humble opinion, even though, you know, by all means, I don't want you to feel like get hung up on perfectionism and do I do it well, um, is yeah, like, how, do they stand the test of time? So, and I, I, I was really, because I only became a father about two and a half years ago, I was really excited on some level to sort of see what happened to my values, because I've been teaching this work for like five and a half years prior to that, or four and a half years prior to that, and sort of seeing, does this all stack up? I wonder how my values are going to shift when I become a father, because surely they will. Like, you know, it's a whole transition that you go through as a being. And they didn't. Now, they did and they didn't, actually, is the truth, because my values were still connection. There was still contribution. There was still celebration. Previously, the connection was building the podcast, connection connection to my local community. The podcast was birthed out of these local community catch-ups that I used to facilitate. Um, so there was a lot of connection to my friends, to, you know, people online. There was a lot of this connection that was being brought. And let's just take connection as one example. Otherwise, you know, we'll be here forever. But nonetheless, like even just taking that connection, once I became a father, connection was still the most important thing. But now the connection is towards family my whole relationship it went almost like before previously i was trying to cover distance and now i'm trying to cover depth yeah but it's still connection so if you've done it right your values and your experience with them will mature which i think speaks to the spaciousness that you experience in you know as you as you described with the awakening you're still very spacious and you're spacious enough to sort of notice how things are moving and evolving but if you you're they're the pillars of the temple that is your personality and i would argue some part of you chose to be here and birthed into this experience, right? Those values are central to that experience that you chose to have, right? So what really sucks for me is a lack of connection. When I wasn't connected to my values, I had an existential crisis and I continue to have that when I'm not connected to my values. Connection to me makes it sounds like it's all about connecting to others, but it's also my connection to my creator, right? Touch wood. It goes in all directions, right? Um, so the values mean specifically what they do to you. And when you do the exercise, you'll find like the way I get you to do them, the words will mean what they mean to you. They won't mean, like two people could have very similar values, but they'll get different words to describe it because what connection mean, like what, like well, what contribution means to me on some level or what even celebration means between the two of them, there's vitality in there. Vitality is one of my, and enthusiasm is one of my values. But there's an energy around it, but it's not one of my core values that I can sort of go, oh, yeah, it's like vitality. Like I do everything I do around vitality. It's like, no, but if I'm able to celebrate, I'm going to be able to dance. If I'm going to be able to dance, I'm going to have some sort of vitality, right? Touch wood. So it's like, how do we make, you know, working out and all that sort of stuff fun? So all of that to say, if you've done your core values right, they will mature with you well over time, like a good wine, good cheese, that sort of stuff. It'll develop a patina, let's put it that way, um, as you go along with them. And that's what I have found. Um, your values, if you haven't gotten down to your core values, sure, they will change. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that because you've still got an awareness around what your values are. But if you've spent some time with your values, uh, most of the people that I coach with, we get down to their core values relatively it's one of the earlier pieces we do in our coaching work um from that point you're sort of locked and loaded 
Um, we do give it space to sort of evolve and transform over time, but generally your core values remain pretty strong and pretty true. Great. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're really living your values. It's very obvious. Um, like you said, with, with the work that you're doing, but even the energy you bring as a host to the podcast, it's definitely centered around those values. I know you open your podcast with a huge celebration <laughs> and, uh, there's, you know, there's just such a great energy coming off of you and it's like, you're celebrating Thanks. life, which is what we would like, you know, everyone to, to come to in their own work in their own way, of course. So the values, if I can look at it this way, it's like, it's a compass. Okay. So we've got mm. the compass what next, right? We've got three words. We've got some ideas around those words. What next? What do we do? Yeah. And that's where, um, again, it sounds like I'm promoting coaching and I don't want to come across like that, but that's where having, um, cause it's different for each individual. Right. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's like, you know, you've got a whole bunch of courses and you've got a whole bunch of group coaching programs, you know, what's your favorite thing to point, um, you know, any sort of support towards like, what's your favorite thing to support people. Um, and for me, it comes back to one-on-one, -on -one, um, because it is so unique to each individual, like someone will listen into this and, you know, and I look at the people that I work with, someone's just taken on a home loan agency where they help people, you know, to, uh, basically secure home loans and they love it because it lines up to their values. They're helping them live in beautiful homes together, get an opportunity, access to finance. And they're really good at connecting um, with people. And it's just like, they're just building those connections. Another gentleman I'm working with has just given up again, not too dissimilar to me, his construction career. And he's like building like um, murtis, like statues and um, things that you can pray to. And he, and he's just moved to Bali and that's what he's doing now. So everybody's values are different. And so how you give permission for that to show up does look different. The key thing from there is really to begin to go, okay, how do I invite myself to install a little bit more values time? Let's look at it that way. I'm in need of a better way of putting it into my life. How do you cultivate your values is really what I'm trying to say. So then from there, it's like, okay, like I'm going to cultivate it through a little bit of doing it. Like if you're connection oriented, it started for me by opening my home up every fortnight to people to come shoot the shit on philosophy, spirituality, just discourses on Jungian philosophy, archetypes, all sorts of stuff in my living room, right? It started with two people. By the end of it, there was like 30, 40 people coming like regularly to sort of have these chats and these discourses. It was a bit satsang vibes, but nonetheless, like I was connection oriented. And I just started with like inviting a couple of people over to my house and they just grew and grew and grew. And I was just cultivating that connection. Again, you could see contribution there. You could see celebration. Now, what does that look like for you? Because it's like, oh, well, now it's really obvious that, you know, you wanted to do this, um, which is like invite people to your house. How do I find what my one thing is? And it's like, absolutely, but it's going to be unique to you, right? And so that's where having a discourse and having a bit of a chat around it is possible. If you're not willing to invest in coaching, which totally is, a, I totally acknowledge that, right? It's a free-to-air podcast. A good place to start, right? A really good place to start is to have a look at, okay, these are my values. Where does time naturally slip away from me, right? Because when you come back to flow, we're talking about Metaflow. Um, when you come back to flow, the, the acronym is S-T-E-R. There's spaciousness, there's timelessness, there's effortlessness and richness, right? So that's the, the, that's the symptomology of your dropping into flow. And I believe flow is divine, right? The reason you're feeling flow, the reason you sit down, like I've been in this podcast with you now, I don't know, right? feels like I've been talking to you for three hours. feels like I've been talking to you for three minutes. I can't tell you because I've lost time, right? Because I'm connecting, contributing, celebrating, touch wood, right? So for, for those tuning in, feeling to where you drop into flow, where you lose time is generally the, the low-hanging fruit for most people that I've worked with. 
And what's your environment filled with? So you take a look at my environment. It's not just like this in behind me. It's like there's books everywhere and there's musical instruments. Um, they're all on consciousness, personal development, living a better life, like abundance, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and so there's this consistent theme around mindset, philosophy, spirituality. Your space is naturally filled with that. If you can't see it in your space, open up your digital space. Who are you following? Remember, it was called the Inspired Evolution. There was these people that I was inspired by. And you can't fake your inspiration. I remember when I used to date back in high school, when I used to go out on dates, I used to try and make the girl laugh. And I could always, like, that was my little litmus test. Like, you can't fake what you find funny. Yeah. So it was like, if she laughed at, at something, it would be like, oh, this is great. Like, we actually get along. And if, if I cracked a joke and she was like, she didn't find that funny, it was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> this is not going to work out, you know, like, because you can't fake your humor. And the same thing applies, touch wood, to your passions, right? So you can't fake what you're passionate about. You can tell me, oh, I don't know what my passions are. It's like, yeah, but what are you spending your time scrolling against? What are you spending your time like out in nature when you're going for a walk thinking about what is in your space naturally at home? Those are the things that inspire you, right? Those are the things that you're passionate about. Now, that's where you potentially lose time and energy. And there's something in there for you to cultivate. And then we can really start talking about the passion formula. When you start to cultivate your passions for you, quickly what generally happens I'll take a moment to build the frame. So your purpose is built around, you've got a curiosity point. And generally what happens is you need multiple curiosity points that you draw a ring around and go, oh, here's four or five things I'm curious about that builds a passion, right? If you take it like you need at least three curiosities bouncing off each other energetically to build a passion. That's generally what happens, right? That's the formula for passion. Now, what I find most people doing is they go straight from, hey, I've got a curiosity and I want it to be my purpose. I'm curious about coffee. I'm going to build a business around it. Or I'm curious about, you know, makeup. I want to build a business around it. Or I'm curious about spirituality. I'm going to be a spiritual teacher, right? And it's like, how do you know that there's actually enough fuel for your passion to continue? Because the coffee guy will have the curiosity to build it. He'll build it. And then eventually be like, there's not enough juju here. Like I'm having to put myself into all of this, right? And so the key formula is to go, what are your curiosities? Find at least two to three points where they bounce off each other, right? I'm curious, just to give you an insight, again, using myself as the guinea pig, Amrit loves conscious conversation. We're doing it right now, right? So there's a curiosity point there around conversation and what gets unlocked in conversation because the conversations have helped me move. Then there's an intersection point around spirituality. There's an there's a there's also mindset as a point. So there's all these, and it's like, oh, online digital media, like social media. And like, okay, so there's like a curiosity point there. So I've got like four or five curiosity points. They bounce off each other. Now there's a little bit of energy, almost looking at it as a system, right? That's now a passion. If I run a ring around that and try and do something in that space, I've now got a passion. Yeah. Now, passion, I draw it when I do it in my trainings as a cup and you need to fill the cup. And so in order to get from your curiosity to filling up your passion cup, what does it take? It takes time to cultivate, right? So you get to cultivate your curiosities, invite people to your home, bounce the ideas off. It was the people at home that were coming over to my house that were like, you need to start a podcast. I had complete resistance to this. I was like, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I am the last person that should build a podcast. And they're like, dude, these conversations are lit. We need you to start a podcast. Touch wood. And I was like, nah. <laughs> anyway, they helped me get out of my own way, right? And they helped encourage me. So, all of that to say the curiosity points filling up. I cultivated it through those gatherings. Six months later, I ended up with a podcast. Did a lot of podcasting. Six months kept filling up the passion cup, which is like 
in some ways the podcast cost me money to produce, right? So I was spending money. I was inviting people home. I, like I was making dinner for them and chai and stuff like this. It was costing me money. So I'm cultivating my passion. So that's what cultivation looks like. And then eventually people come over and then they're like, oh, one of the, one of the podcast guests would like, when I was podcasting, one of the audience members reached out to me and said, yo, will you coach me? And I was like, on what? And they're like, all the conversations you're having on the podcast. And I was like, uh, sure, absolutely. And that then spiraled out of very organically uh, a coaching career. And so that was, you know, seven years ago. And then I started coaching, coaching, coaching. And now that's become my, my early coaching clients were the ones that got me my first speaking engagements because they were inspired by what I was sharing. And that's just kind of how the whole thing's run. So then this passion cup, as you continue to cultivate your curiosities, flows and overflows. Now, this is the hack. Once it starts to overflow, like my group gatherings at home were overflowing. So then they'll like start a podcast. So from the overflowing cup, I was able to start a podcast and the podcast was overflowing. And I was like, oh, okay, start a, start a, um, do some coaching. Then the coaching started to overflow. And I was like, oh, do some public speaking. Then your passion is basically for you. And it's your purpose is exactly the same thing. It's just serving others with it right so your passion for you if you can serve others your passion you're basically in service and that's your purpose it's as simple as that starts with your curiosities cultivating your passions and then from your passions as long as you start serving them to others you're basically fulfilling into your purpose right now back to what i said just to don't go from a single curiosity point to your purpose because you'll run out of energy you run out of steam there won't be any energy flowing through the, the pillars of the temple right? Now you're back to like, okay, like I'm feeling a lot of energy around the things that I'm zinging around. Your curiosity points should line up very strongly to your values. Your values should underpin your curiosity points. Yeah. And then from there, you can really start to build some energy. And then from an overflowing cup, you just start to, and now like touch wood, I could have been tired and this happens all the time. I'm literally running on three to four hours sleep a night at the moment. Cause I've got a two and a half week old at home. And Touch wood, I'm not sure, maybe some people can tell in this podcast uh, that are fathers, but some people like will just be like, what? Like, you know, you're super pumped, super energized to be here. And it's like, yeah, because I'm in flow, touch wood, right? I'm doing what I was put here to do. I'm living into my values. I'm living into like the things I'm passionate about. This is coming from an overflowing cup, right? This energizes me. I leave, I used to rock up to podcasts tired, but leave energized. And that's touch wood when you know you're, living into your passions, but also you're on purpose. And this is really what you're meant to cultivate more of. Powerful stuff, man. Yes. Thank you. Um, just to validate what you're sharing, this is all looking back been how I'm here talking with you. So, uh, I made the same mistakes. I don't, I'm not, I don't know if you actually made this mistake, but the mistake you're making, I took a curiosity and turned it into a purpose. So for example, I was curious about 10 years ago, um, you know, about e-commerce an online business. Mm. And so I thought I like yoga. I'll try drop shipping yoga pants. So I tried mm. drop shipping yoga pants. I built out a Shopify store, but no, I'm not, what do I want to sell yoga pants for? Right. It was just <laughs> something that just came to me. Right. So I was, there wasn't enough fuel to keep it going, but through mm -hmm. that, I learned about the internet. I learned about, you know, web design, these little things that have all culminated now in this work that has so many moving parts that have enough to, to keep me going. And, and just like what you're sharing, you know, it grow, you had these meetings just for a couple people joined. And this, I want to get your take on this just for those out there, you know, um, you never expect that a couple of people at your house is going to turn into this whole, you know, 
empire of, of what mm. you've got going on today. Um, okay. it, it's it's similar for me, you know, uh, I, I was getting a lot of questions from people. I couldn't, uh, you know, connect with them all. So I said, I'll host a Q and a meeting on zoom, expecting a couple mm. people to show up. Well, more and more people start showing up. And then I think, well, now I can use the material from that to, you know, make more content online. And it's this ecosystem that fuels itself. Now, mm. The first episode I put out of the Spiritual Awakening show, I never would have imagined that there would be a, a Q&A Zoom meeting and all. I never would have thought about it. So mm. what can you say to those people who, um, you know, we can't see the empire yet. You're not supposed to see it yet. One yeah. step at a time. Do you have anything to say for those people that are like, no, well, I'm I want really to see everything. Do. Show me it all and then really I'll do, do. it. <laughs> yes, I really do. So firstly, and this is me being me. <laughs> I believe you're not meant to see it all. If someone told me how much is going on in the inspired evolution today, seven years ago, I would never, part of my French again, I would never have fucking started. No way. Way too intimidating. Too many plates. Not doing it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 it's, and that's where I come from. It's like it's somewhat divine that you're only given a little bit at a time because that's digest, that's metabolizable. You can actually metabolize that part of your vision. Your responsibility is to metabolize it, right? Touch wood. And I find this a lot with my coaching clients because some people have a massive vision and a dream and they're naturally visionary. Some people have a small piece and they're not sure how it's getting there. And a lot of it is like, okay, let's go through the coaching journey. Let's metabolize this piece and see what opens up. And things will open up once you've metabolized that piece. But until you metabolize that piece, you remain blocked and stuck for the longest time to the point where you've just been carrying this thing that you want to do for like three, four, five, maybe sometimes 10 years. And that's what you're meant to metabolize, but you're not metabolizing your way through it because of a myriad of reasons. And we can unpack that you know, down the line. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think it's actually divine in some ways. A couple of points I wanted to make as well, which is, yeah, there's something also to be said when you line up to your values. Like, you know, you look at some of the work that has happened in like, I'm touch wood, not, I'm not old, but I'm also not young, but I'm also quite young to be doing some of the work. And I, you know, I've asked you this question, might like, dude, you're very young doing what you're doing as well. So um, one of the things I've noticed, and this is just, I don't know how else to articulate is when you're lined up to your values, stuff happens that's not meant to happen. Yeah, it's like, these thousands of people aren't meant to show up, but it's like, yeah, but they kind of are because you're in your lane and this is what you were put here to do. So obviously the universe is going to reward you back, you know, for having done that. Um, because now it's going to, it's going to want to give you feedback mechanisms for you to double down on your passions and believe that it's possible to get to where you're meant to go because it is self-interested in that. If I can sort of leverage myself that far, you are the universe looking in on itself. It wants to see itself a certain way through the lens that is you, right? So if you can just line yourself up to those pillars and those values, it gets to see itself more fully, more richly through the lens that you're like looking in on what you're put here to do. Stuff starts to tumble out of control. Like I still today don't know how I was coached by Eckhart Tolle. Like, it's like, what is going on? Like, how did that happen, bro? And it's like, I sent an email off and they responded and like, it's a massive organized, like, what the? I still don't get it. I, I right now, six years later, after having been coached by, I still can't tell you how it happened, but it happened. Right. Um, and so it's like, okay. And when I look back, it's like, yeah, there's something when you're in alignment, whatever you want to call it, creator, God, universe, whatever you want to look at it as 
it removes certain obstacles out of your way, touch wood, to sort of help you support you on your path. Last little piece I'll say is from a much more grounded place, which is everything we're discussing today about lining people up to their alignment is there's, you know, that's not to say like there's two types of entrepreneurship, you know, and I think today's day and age, it's really special because like I've made a social media group, you made a zoom link and social media, like, you know, online, you know, there's this, I call it soft core entrepreneurship, what you and I are doing to some degree. And I call it soft core because we're living into our passions. Yeah. And that is beautiful. Soft core makes it sound like it's not special, but it really is. The fact that the world is enabled by this way is a real opportunity, right? It really is. Like I look at myself and I sometimes wonder, and this is again, getting existential said, I was going to stay grounded. Is this even real? Like I get to live a life teaching meditation was uh, the, pr the previous career. And now it's like helping people a lot, like conversation. I get to build a career through conversation and coaching. These are the things that I love the most. 20 years ago, podcasting wasn't a thing. I wouldn't have been able to do this. Then like now is the perfect time for anyway, it buzzes me out, right? So this is yeah. the opportunity that is available through softcore entrepreneurship. It doesn't have to be a podcast for you. What's a hardcore entrepreneur? Those are the Elon Musk's of the world. Those are the Jeff Bezos's of the world. And how to discern between the two is quite simple. So a hardcore entrepreneur, they look at risk and they see opportunity, right? It's like, there's a risk to fly people to Mars. People, you know, one day are going to be doing that though. So he, Elon Musk sees the risk and he goes, I'm going to build a vertical trucking company. Who looks at it that way? This guy, right? What a legend. And so that's hardcore entrepreneurship. Yeah. Those people are looking at risk and finding opportunities and fulfilling themselves into that space. That's hardcore entrepreneurship for most people like yourself, myself, that's not what we're interested in. I'm not really trying to build a risk appetite. I'm just here to live life, celebrate, connect, contribute, celebrate, right? That's where softcore entrepreneurship and today's world is like softcore entrepreneurship is all about living a life, building a life around your passions. And it's now, I believe more accessible than ever. Thanks to the coming of the internet. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a lot of opportunity to not only discover our values and then also to live them. Whereas if you look back at say some cultures, like say um, India with the caste system, I'm not too educated on it, but from what I understand is, you know, they solved the problem of what do I do with my life, right? Well, you're going to do what your dad did. That's what you're going to do. And that's not an issue. But mm -hmm. um, back then they didn't also say, have the internet where you could do anything you wanted. Right. And so there is this, period now where we need work like what you're offering, right? To help people to, to figure out what their values are, find their compass, and then move out and take advantage of what we have here, right? Like um, it doesn't cost anything to really just, you know, make a YouTube channel and start talking about the things that you care about. And around that, quite literally miracles happen. I, I've I witnessed it every day. And like you, sometimes I lay in bed and I'm just like, what the hell? Like, how did any of this happen? And what is going to happen next, considering how wild it's been already? And it's really exciting to think like, um, I, I have some some work to do around this, but it's just like, sometimes you feel unworthy, you know? Mm. See so many other people working so hard and I'm here just like, it's like, I'm not, I'm quite literally not working, not working. I'm just having fun, right? Just doing what I, what I would do anyway. So it's, um, it's, it's miraculous. And that's, I think the magical factor when you come into alignment, magic happens and that can only, it cannot be understood. It has to be witnessed and it builds mm -hmm. momentum. So very powerful and inspiring message, uh, today, Amrit. So, um, we've only barely scratched the surface here. I know you have mm -hmm. so much, so much more to share. So 
how can people connect with you, explore more of your work? Um, what have you got to offer? Yeah, I think people tuning into this podcast, um, very naturally, one of the things I highly recommend is going to check out Brent's podcast on the Inspired Evolution um, over on YouTube. I had an incredible conversation, even if I can say so myself, with yourself. Um, yeah, YouTube is where you can find most of my podcast and the stuff that I'm creating in the world consistently in this space. Um, if you want to dive deeper to working with me, um, amrit.coach is where everything you'll find online. Um, yeah, it's really, really straightforward from that point if you want to connect um, yeah. And as you guys can probably tell connections, my highest value. Um, so I haven't made it too difficult to connect as well. <laughs> It'd be a blessing to connect. Um, and yeah, like for me, you know, this is my purpose touch wood. So, you know, if you're sort of feeling like, oh, this would be cool to have a chat with Amrit, you're giving me an opportunity to live into where I find more flow. So, you know, I highly encourage you to do so. Um, and again, just at this juncture, I find it still many of you have heard me say this before in the podcast. 20 minutes from now, you could be as clear on your values as I am on mine. Amrit.coach forward slash values. It still surprises me. I don't want to say this for like too much. I know sound like angsty, but still surprises me. I have to say this, that people still won't go do that and just be this clear and just navigate their way. Like 20 minutes is all it takes. You listen to this podcast for longer than that. Touch wood, right? And if you can just go figure out your values, you're off to a raring start already. Um, and that's available to you as well. Great. Thank you. So all the links will be in the description, emirate.coach. Beautiful website. Go and check it out just for the beauty alone. And then of course, I hope that you, uh, you know, complete the exercise and find your values. Emirate, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I hope we can get uh, some more conversations going because I know that, like I said, you've got quite a, a lot to offer. And uh, to our audience, please uh, check out Emirate's work, the podcast, Inspired Evolution, on YouTube, on Spotify as well. Check it all out. It's been an absolute pleasure, Amber. Thank you. Thank you so much. Brent, brother, you inspire my evolution no end, mate. So it is like, honestly, such a gift and a pleasure and an honor to be here. Um, and just, yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity to share myself and everything that I'm passionate about with your audience and tribe here as well. And there's many intersection points between the people that we're connected to in the world as well. And yeah, it's my absolute honor to support the people that you're supporting um, just because I believe in your work so much. So thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. And to our audience, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. And until next time, much love and peace. <laughs>